Hello and welcome to Coffee and Crits. I'm your host Aaron Washington here with my co-host Mike. Hello. And Nick. I'm apparently funny. Every once in a while. Every once in a while. All right. Okay. <laughs> I'll take every once in a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you can't win them all. I mean, we got a little bit of a storm going on outside, and like things are just banging. So, so we're gonna talk. We're about not cool stuff. We're not. Uh, we're not being home invaded. It's literally just the storm <laughs> battering my broken Hold on. Let screen me look out door the against Make the, sure the SWAT team's not there. All right. Uh, I don't know what they want. <laughs> I ain't got nothing. You know, I haven't said any controversial things about smaller islands being countries. Uh, no, no, no <laughs> Okay, we're going to... It starts with a T, right? <laughs> One? Okay, okay, so anyway, wow. So uh, today we're going to talk about uh, tabletop etiquette, the do's and the don'ts when running a game, the do's and the don'ts when being a player, uh, and overall, like, how to deal with those problems as a DM and as a player, yes. right? And uh, do's and don'ts if you're watching people play D and D. Do's yes. and don'ts. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Let's throw that in the mix. Like I don't know. Like um, you. Fe- I feel like there are enough people that do crazy things that there are multiple YouTubers who survive off of just telling D and D horror stories. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Oh, oh well, like like I, I do think like forty percent of the people who just write a story. But I still enjoy them. Oh, yeah. Those, those Reddit posts that they read off. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I definitely believe that there is a percentage of them like, I'm going to make this story up. But the thing is, we've had, um, everyone's had their own close encounters of the third kind. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of the cringe kind, I guess. <clears throat> ah. That's code for Mike definitely knows. Yeah, yeah. We've had some, we've all had uh, some stuff. I mean, oh. Hold me, Nick. Hold me. <laughs> Start playing the uh, the song from Ghost in the background <laughs> to comfort ourselves from the... Okay, so uh, let's just start with a DM, right? Let's start with a DM. Okay. Um, and there's just things uh, that, mm, that, like, things that you... When you are a DM, things you may want to avoid. Uh, I'm going to first start it off with, like, being confrontational with your players. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the that's really the big culprit. Yeah, 90% like, of the time. yeah, like, you know, uh, I think it's crazy when DMs think, like, they have to beat their players. Yes. It is. They make it into some sort of, uh, like, competition between them and the players. Yeah, because that's not, that's not what the, the, that's not what a DM does. That's not, like, my goal. Well, I mean, technically, if the DM kills everybody, everyone loses. Even him. Yeah, because the game's over, essentially. So, but there's, like, different levels of that confrontation, you know? Like, I've noticed, like, just different, like, peaks of that. Like, because sometimes it's, like, on, like, a real low-key tip. It's just, like, every hostile, like, every NPC's hostile. Yeah. You ever play a game where, like, every NPC just has a problem with you? Oh, yeah. Definitely. You know? And that, that's that, actually when I start thinking that the DM has a problem with me and is just venting through the NPCs. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, wow, I didn't even. Yeah, yeah, it could be a thing. But like, you definitely don't want to have an adversarial kind of outlook. You know, I definitely think of it more like in a story. Like you're, I'm just kind of like as a, you said it during a, the Carolina Game Summit, an arbiter or like a facilitator of, of a story. To just kind of like help it along, you know? Yeah, it's supposed to like bridge the gap between well worlds. Yeah, because I mean, you want it challenging, and monsters that are a threat should definitely be a threat. You know, a dangerous encounter is supposed to be dangerous, but you can tell. Like I know I can tell when a DM just has it out for me. Oh, absolutely, and it's like 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 I I know I know when I'm a player and a DM's just said. I'm going to take you down. And I feel it. And it is not a good feeling being Even, that player. No, Every single monster targets you for no reason at all. Yeah. Or like, mm, I don't know. Like, you're just really effective at a certain thing. So then, like, all of a sudden now, like, you can't do that thing anymore. I mean, not that like, it's not even when like, oh, enemies realize, oh, this person can do this. So they've adapted. But more just the world has adapted 
to the fact that you do one thing very well. Yeah, like uh, in 3.5 when you had sneak attack and it doesn't work on undead and suddenly the bad guy uses nothing but undead or you only encounter things that can't be hurt by sneak attack. Yeah, you're like... tired of your sneak attack. Yeah, like it's just... Oh, guess we're going to fight a bunch of plant monsters Yeah, like, today. I mean, yeah, as a DM, there are things that, like, players can uh, exploit in the system, right? Because it's a system, and the yeah. rules aren't perfect, and there are ways to exploit the system as a whole, but that doesn't mean you punish them, because it's the system, not not really them. It's, it's yeah. you know, so... Well, I find if you have problems with that, as a DM, just talking to your players about toning it down a bit if it becomes a too big of a problem yeah and there are a lot of times where it's just like oh man they keep using that thing and it's just punishing my monsters dag on it but you know that i don't feel like that's enough to i mean if they're just if they can just do a thing that's just effective in combat i mean until the situation calls for it where they're i mean where they can you can actually challenge them you know like for instance just the um because every arcane trickster does this they take find familiar and they use the familiar to do the help action so they always have sneak attack. Yep. Yeah. But I don't find that to be game breaking. No, because essentially the moment anyone else engages with them, they would also have sneak attack. I mean, granted the help gives them advantage on on the swing cuz uh cuz the familiar can use the help action. Oh yes. And then it will give them advantage. But I mean, more I mean, than likely if little... you're playing a rogue, you're going to move to you have an advantageous situation anyway or you would just use that hide i use the hide action now i fire from hide i have advantage like it's just the same step just done a little differently yep that, that's all it is i love that step the hide and shoot that's <laughs> yeah like it's, it's just it's just the same thing it doesn't like um i don't know but like I, i've heard dms are like you know certain spells like oh god i hate this spell uh, some some spells are problematic Go, kind of going on that subject with uh, I had a player that had a staff of power, and he could cast uh, Sphere of Force, and so there was no save. There's no saving throw for it in Fifth Edition, at least not that I saw. And so every encounter devolved into him casting Sphere of Force on the village, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so the party would either flee, leaving the uh, villains encapsulated for you know ten minutes. Or we just sit there and stare at each other while we wait for the you know the timer to expire. Yeah, that's weird. That's it, a weird battle flow. It is. I feel like that board just ruined the battle flow than anything it, it else. Ruined the game. Uh, I mean, just like, well, what do I do with this? Like, you can't counter it because it's coming out of an item. That's also a weird thing that you can't counter items. I think of the next time I start a campaign, I'm going to have it where you can stop by. Well, I think the idea behind it is it doesn't have any like somatic or verbal components. You're not waving your hands. You're literally just pointing an item at somebody. And it's just doing it. And then the item does it, which makes it almost instantaneous. Kind of like if you take subtle spell. I mean, if you don't see it, you can't counter it. That's true. That's true. That's true. And that's something going into the items and and going into things that DMs may or may not want to do is... Giving your bad guys too much gear. Yeah. Way too much gear. Yeah. Well, to I mean, the point where there there's a contingency for everything. Yeah. Well, there, there's like a there's a line with that too, though, because like once oh, yeah. once once players get a certain strength, you gotta kind of give them the sauce, or they're gonna get pummeled down. Like it's oh, just one of those things. Specific. The 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 bad guy just happens to have the gear needed to deal with certain players oh okay yeah yeah okay i got you i hear you i hear you i just happen to have this shielding what's this and this armor of fire resistance because i know the party's coming at me with this okay so hold on hold on i have to address this so uh in our sunday we were playing in a dungeon and i made a creature uh called a treasure serpent also just called loot snake for fun and it was a construct that is made from treasure Yes. And it uses the treasure within its body as its attacks. So like when they found it, they like it like grabbed one of them and then they lost an item, but then it dropped an it wasn't item. It was just any item. It was the staff of healing. Yeah, so I rolled randomly cuz she only had cuz it eats magic items, uh. but like it then like kind of craps out one in response and it could be better or worse. So like but it's on like an equivalent level. So she it ate a staff and it dropped a staff. 
Okay. So like it it it, it didn't went like back in and they're like, man, we need that staff of healing. This place is kind of dangerous, so we got to go fight this this uh this treasure this loot snake. And so I was like, okay, because I had like it's what it could do, but I didn't have what items are in it. So I literally had them roll on the magic item table. The, the rolls were ridiculous. The fact that I saw the rolls and then I saw you pull it up and then what actually transpired. And I'll let you continue. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so they start fighting it, and like first thing it gets is a staff of fire. So the first thing it does, like it opens its maw and just fireballs them, and just uses the whole staff, just dumps the whole staff into it. Oh my god. Yeah. Just boom. Yeah, it was like eighty something points. It of was. Damage. It just dumped. It just. You guys are. You guys are really strong though. Because what are you level eleven? Eleven. Yeah, we're level eleven, uh, yeah. but most of the party doesn't have hundred hit points. That is very true. <laughs> but so it did that. So then, um, it they cast a uh, they cast a spell at it, and uh, someone rolled an ion stone of absorption. Oh. So, but I cut the levels from twenty to ten because I felt like twenty levels of, of magic absorption was a bit too much. Man. So then it absorbed the spell. So he was like, oh my god, I can't cast a spell at it until this thing is used up. So then, of course, um, unfortunately for Val, who's like go-to sometimes, is just like a massive magic missile. She rolled a brooch of shielding. Oh my god. So when she fired her like level six magic missile into it, the brooch just woo, 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 and just absorbed it all. Oh, that is so yeah. goofy. They're like when, when, when an NPC paladin walked up to smite, smite it. Then uh, Taylor rolled a ring of radiant resistance. Wow. And he's smiting with a sunblade. So it all got cut in half. And I'm just like. You created this monster. It's like he's a beast. We're just looking at you. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. okay. They'll never, like, I, I want you to know that I did not set that up. I couldn't have set it up that perfectly out of all the items. Because I was actually, I would say roll, and then you saw me write it down. Roll. I saw um, you flip through, like, the uh, like the DMG, and you had, like, the staff section. And it was like, oh, man, we're rolling a D6. What's that for? I'm like, yeah, roll this. Ooh, now roll this. Ooh, Okay. Because, like, the ring of resistance, I was like, well, roll a D10. What kind of resistance? Oh, it's radiant. An ion stone. Roll a D12. Let's see which one. Mm, absorption. So, like, they rolled it out. Oh, it, yeah. it very much felt like the creature was made to give them a hard time. Yeah, but that wasn't intentional. That's no. Just, that's just hilarious. Yeah. But what I, you know, but obviously. And then poor Loot Snake to, died. You don't want to put <laughs> monsters in your world constantly that have the right gear all the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, like, I feel like I feel party. like if a, if a villain's been scrying on the party and it kind of knows a little bit about them, that's different. That's a little different. Yeah, that's, that's actually a problem I've time. had as a DM at the higher echelons of levels, where you know, bat, villains can scry. They can keep eyes on the party, spies and spies. And so, when the party does show up, they are decked out to defeat the party. And I've had a lot of players complain, like, oh, man, this, how's, this guy is too strong. He's got all our counters yeah, and all yeah, this. Yeah. Like, well, he, he scribed you for six months. As and, he's been, and you've been foiling him for, for, like, half the campaign. So, But, like, I feel like that also has to do with, like, prayer, player prep as well. Because there are things you can do on the other end as a player to prep for, for things. Um like, you know, there are times where, like, you know, I've, I've asked, you know, parties, hey, you guys want to prep? Do you want to look for anything in specific to help you before you go in here? And then they'll get what they get. And sometimes it's useful, sometimes it's not. But, you know, yeah. there's also that whole thing of, like, you'll never, there'll always be at least a player every now and then who thought you set them up on purpose. Even though it's like, you know, you just kind of set up for the story. Yeah. But there are DMs who definitely do the thing like they definitely I, yeah. actually i think i noticed that a little bit when i was running curse of strahd on sundays where you had to had the room full of poltergeist and the party is very melee heavy so i mean i didn't intentionally put the poltergeist there yeah, it's just, already in the book but yeah we are very we are very we're a very physical group yeah so i mean the bulk of our damage is dealt with with physical so fighting these poltergeists is nearly impossible yeah but i didn't put them there intentionally it was in the module yeah so. yeah and, and the thing is we're not completely out of it too because i mean even though i'm a warlock and i use my my uh slots for hitting i still got cantrips yeah 
you know so i mean i like 100 percent. it's just kind of some scenarios just like the fact that the poltergeist didn't have to couldn't stop me from walking up a wall because yeah. i'm they a damn beer and they i can tried, just though. and i can just walk up a wall like those things aren't really things you prepare for it's just kind of like what it is i think the difference is being a dm and understanding that there are abilities that are just in the world that you have your characters have and then there is what you talked about specifically targeting a player for what they do to with the intention of foiling them yeah i think that's where the big difference yeah, comes into or just foiling the party in general over and over because they happen to be good at one thing yeah yeah you know or you know, just don't hunt for ways to beat your party your party's supposed to hunt for ways to beat you mm-hmm. that, or, or yeah 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 just like make the know? i always think of like well this thing has this kind of theme and whether you guys are very well prepared for it or not you can approach it you know and there I are some always like that idea is it just Everything in the world exists as it does, with a reason and a purpose. So if it's yes. higher level when you get there, you know maybe you need to go back, you know, go back to town and go somewhere else. Yeah, it, it, it kind of gives a, a better feeling because that way, like you know, it's kind of like help you keep it clean, you know. Because if if, if things are just the way they're supposed to be, because I've had times where I have made enemies because this is what they're supposed to be. Yes, this is who they are, and then they have been foiled because. A, players had abilities that fit i'm like i didn't set you up for it to be easy i just made the thing because that's the reason why it would have been that way yeah Yeah, you just so happen to have the right tools for the job and it can be hard to do that especially when you're first starting out but you'll learn yeah but you know just don't pick up any bad habits about it yeah that's all okay so here's another thing and um I would love to hear like uh, you guys' opinion on it because there are a lot of the a lot of horror stories that I've listened to because I listen to them constantly when I drive. It's like my go-to when I head to the guild and stuff. I listen to D&D horror stories constantly. I have all of those guys on my uh, subscribe and notifications, so any new horror story. And like 70% of horror stories I've heard or read has a DM NPC in them. I knew it. It is. I knew it was coming. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let I me mean, let's let's let, let's talk about this. That, let's talk about little thing. Let's no talk about problem. DM NPCs just for just for a touch. Oh yes. Because you know I use them. I, I do. Like I, I use DM NPCs all the time. It's fun. Like sometimes I use the balance out of party, and sometimes it's like up oh, here's this. But I don't know if I don't feel like the I don't know if the way I use them or the way other people use them is just there's just certain things you shouldn't do. Well, when do. they're there to just complement the world, that's one thing. But when it, the DM uses it to interject himself into the game to move the party in the direction that he wants, it's a problem. Okay, okay. Because I think about it sometimes. Because a lot of times I allow you guys to pick up characters I make constantly. This is a thing I do. Yeah, if you make fun. a reason to pick up a character, you just pick up the character. But I think it's also just the way I run, and my players just seem to enjoy it. You know, like it's it's not a campaign I run if you Are haven't you, picked up at least a person or not. It, uh, you you didn't interject any of the characters in the campaign, like like Sunday when uh, you had the you know nameless assassin that uh, was going to kill the nobleman. Yeah, and uh, you know we met him trying to protect the nobleman and he's like oh man i don't want to be an assassin anymore and we invited him to the party mm-hmm. and that's a lot different than he was just saying he shows up and it's like yo i'm in the party now yeah yeah very true and uh, i think also a thing is he doesn't um well it also because the kind of character that the nameless assassin is because he's only knows one thing he doesn't interject you know into like he doesn't place himself into story now Hector in our first game he was uh, the MacGuffin essentially Um, in the first part of the story essentially uh, they were reestablishing an old empire and they found the heir which I made um, the brother of one of the characters because her background just kind of fit who he was going to be anyway and it fit so well I was like well you know what I'll just have it her her brother so he was a essentially a, a NPC, a DM NPC. Yeah, you ran him really well. He he never made any of the big decisions when it came like, wait, what are we going to do? He never made any of those. Yeah, uh, a lot of times I would always just have him like reiterate stuff that you guys have already said. Yeah, he, he would pose questions. He's like, what about this? <laughs> yeah, 
And and that's all fine. Like those are good examples of having just good NPCs. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't know if they would even call DMPCs or whether they're just NPCs. To me, a DMPC is I made a care. I made a PC, but it's for my world, and I'm always in control of him. But he's a member of the party, and I treat him like a member of the party, even though I'm a DM. Yeah, I like that the the Um, star of the show. He becomes the star of the show. This is and this is the kind of do's and don'ts part. uh, More so the don'ts Um, when you're when your own PC as the DM becomes the star of the show mm-hmm. you know, and nobody else gets a chance. They're the ones that solve the problems. They're the ones that tell the party where to go. Oh, what's this? The party needs saving. Thank God I have my DMPC, you know, to help you. And, you know, you basically become both star and storyteller. I'm pretty sure they call that a Mary Sue. And um, mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of that. But when you're constantly doing it and it just degrades the party, yeah, yeah, because I feel like there are times where you can use a uh, like an NPC or one that you're controlling to help move something along. Absolutely, like if there's like a stagnant thing, you know, or, or yeah, or there's in a story. between guiding, you know, offering guidance to the party and just straight, you're you're just the leader of your own party in your own game. Yeah, um, yeah. There was a good. I, I just, I just hear about these like, oh, this dude's DMPC was like a god immortal, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> uh, there's an example of a gentleman that uh, we used to play with a long time ago. Um, his name rhymes with Shield, so we'll call <laughs> him Shield for now. Shield, yes, please yeah, tell me about Shield. And uh, Shield did a lot of things, a lot of metagaming things, um, such as. Uh, Mike, like I had a monk that went off and made a deal with uh, one of the bad guys to become stronger. The goal of the monk was to become a better monk and become more powerful. Um, so made a deal. Nobody else was there. It was just me and this character, uh, this god called uh, Belfor- Belforga? Yeah, it was Belforga. Belforga. And so I went out, cut my hand, made a blood pack, whatever. Um, went out and went to got into some bar fights just to, you know, party it up and, and whatnot. And I go back to the party and Shield immediately looks at my character's hand that's hurt wrapped like the rest of my hands you know hands but well, it wasn't know, uncommon because i think you were a monk i was oh, a yeah, monk. i always monk, had my so stuff wrapped where i was always getting hand anyway. injuries well, i walk back and he immediately looks at my hand and goes what happened what's that oh i cut my hand doing what fighting oh zone of truths me not for any other reason than he metagamed. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's which, just the kind of player he was. Yeah. And so as a DM, he would do similar things. Like, I don't know how you you can meta in your own game. It's, it's, it's well, he was, he was a very adversarial He was an uh, adversarial DM type. As well. But whenever something went down, his NPC was the star of the show. Mm-hmm. He always had the right spell. She always the had enemies. the right items, the right spells. Mm. Um, always rolled really good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think those. Uh, you know, the, you know, you know, it's when you when the dice rolls and you kind of pick it up off the table and you just turn it. Oh, slightly. the real fast one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I'm pretty this. sure that was a two, but he turns it in his hand. He's it's like, oh, it looks 20. like a twenty to me. Yeah. Uh huh. You know. Uh-huh. There's there's a limit and a place for that. So you know you get a person like Shield, and when you're when when it's your piece when you're in piece when your DMPC is constantly the star of the show, constantly putting the other players to shame. Literally, you know, oh man, you guys should have done better. You know, thank yeah. God I was there, and it's like. Well, if we need him constantly, what do you need the players for if he's mm-hmm. going to solve the mm-hmm. problems? Mm-hmm. That can be very degrading and yeah. very boring and demoralizing. Yeah. Okay. So, I, let me ask you this question. I'll just see how you think. How strong are guards in a town supposed to be? Um, I'd say, well, it depends on the size of the town. Mm-hmm. Like, if we're talking about a hamlet, they're probably first level. Mm-hmm. At most. Yes. Uh, a small town might have about third, like a couple third level guards, mm-hmm. but a, a large like metropolis capital city could easily have somewhere between five and like seven. Yep, for the higher level guards. Yes, 
Yeah, but not like have, every guard though. No, no, not every guard. Like you're majority have of your guards level, are level one, like or or level zero, or the yeah. CR like one fourth guard. Oh, yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But they always like going back to like the Metropolis. They always have a large contingent or a contingent of higher levels in case somebody like starts the special, some ruckus. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, the elite guard. Yeah, the the. But your whole town shouldn't have le- nothing but level seven guards. Yeah. I did. That happened to me once. I was playing the game, and we were level five. And let me tell you something: these town guards gave us the business. They were all like champion fighters with like three attacks, and I was like, <laughs> "They're guards." We've been training our whole lives for well, their guards of the Celestial City of Nympharia. Nah, it was like it was like some town near a lake. Well, oh, I mean, you no. you've actually run into those guards in my in my game when you when you visited Hestivar and saw the Solars patrolling the streets. Well, that's different. well, that's different. <laughs> that's obviously a that's place not small river town. You can, yeah, that's not you like can assume the place was well guarded and secure. Yeah, like I'm not saying like I mean I would expect the guards in Rivendale to be pretty swole. <laughs> Like, yeah. but I'm talking about and like you know, strolling down Icewind Dale, right? right? Yeah, those guards should be, you know, powerful. You know, but if you're from the small stream village of Rock Hill, right? Yeah, with a population of <laughs> but, maybe but Nick, those guards train every day, punching those rocks up that hill. I don't care what uh, <laughs> they're actually all monks. <laughs> yeah. They're all monks who shape stone <laughs> with their fists. <laughs> don't worry, that one's going right back into the memory banks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you also mentioned okay. So as a DM, well, as a player, it's a big no-no. DM players don't fudge dice rolls. It's okay to not succeed. As a DM, though, Nick, do you fudge dice? Yes. Hmm frequently mm. to help the party because mm. <laughs> sometimes rolling 320s is not conducive to fun gameplay mm. <laughs> however i will fudge dice if uh depending on the flow of combat because again with fifth edition it can uh, go really some, one-sided really it can fast go, like depending on the monster like it can completely go oh this is a really uh, good fight and then all of a sudden just Oh, what I also, happened? So when I fudge a dice, generally if it's like, all right, things are not going their way. This this creature's obviously stronger than I thought. Yeah. It's, I, I don't. What I'll do is I won't fudge the dice necessarily. I'll fudge the stats. Okay. So when okay. I roll the dice and I'll say, oh, uh, that should have, you know, I look at it. Okay, that's a plus nine. That's going to hit. Eh, I'll drop it to a plus seven for the rest of the fight when I realize, okay, this monster's strong. Now, there are things I do Mm -hmm. where I fudge dice where I'm thinking, all right, this is supposed to be a fun fight. It's supposed to be challenging. So if I roll a 20, but I don't feel like critting a person, I don't feel like, you know, uh, you know, they're supposed this. This is like a critical moment. Uh, It's a hit, but it's not a crit, Mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, I hit you, you know. But uh, there are certain things that, like, for instance... That 20 on die becomes a 19 on die. Yeah, that 20 on die. Or that 19 becomes a 20 if I see somebody peeking behind my screen. (laughs) Yeah, I've seen you do that several times. But we give the warning. Like, oh, well, you just made that a crit, Uh, bro. Good job. If if it's blatant that somebody's hiding their dice rolls from me, Uh and you're rolling really good, I'm going to roll really good. Um, So I do fudge dice, um, but not so much that I'm doing it constantly but there are times and places where I want to make the fight more fun okay you know or I want to make the fight more perilous yeah because um, I mean I mean there are times where we all I, I know there's, there's times where as DMs we all just kind of like just go live and I don't even know if it's just for that or just the fact that we don't feel like rolling behind anything <laughs> there's sometimes where we just feel like rolling open because it's there I love rolling open when the fight could go either way and it's like that hype and that suspense and it, I'll just it, toss my DM screen aside and let's tension do this and, and, and- in a critical moment and everybody yes. really just gets super excited like, like everyone's always, like looking down like oh please don't roll a oh, exactly like yeah. there's a moment for that yeah um, um, but there's definitely you don't want to fudge constantly so the problem i have uh which is funny enough i i would rather people not look at my dice rolls mm-hmm. because i tend to roll really high yes constantly and i i it's, it's not even a I know it's like probability and stuff, and my dice aren't like weighted or anything like that. I've used other people's dice, but there are times in a game 
where I'm just rolling. And like it was a, uh, it was like when we were doing that nautical game, we were doing the com- one of the combats. Oh yeah. Like I was critting every round. And so I wanted to stop. Like I was going to start, but I had someone like right over like watching. I'm like, Actually, I, I remember you're not. So, yeah, because I had like this 24 armor class. We were level three. And you only needed an at 20 to hit me. And we we're trying to run away from these like tritons. Oh. Like, oh, man, I'm totally going to escape down this hallway. You roll an at 20. I'm like, oh, that hurts. I keep I run again. You roll another nat twenty. It was not. It was, it was not like four intentional. Twenties later, I like die with my hand on the door. Like yeah, I don't like, know how I couldn't. Like I, I don't understand what people's like. I hide these twenties for you. <laughs> I do this yes. for you for the children. I've had somebody um, like when I'm running, they they were looking, they were watching as I played, uh, as I ran, and uh, they weren't a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were just somebody who was standing behind me, and um, I caught a player looking at my roll. So I rolled it, and uh, I make it clear I don't like it when people look behind my screen when they shouldn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, I, I was, you know, it wasn't a crit, but you know, I rolled low, and I'm like, cool, it hits. And the guy behind me is like, oh man, that monster's got a really high attack. And I just look back, and I'm like, yeah. He does. <laughs> and I moved on. Mm. You know, but like, you know, somebody tried to call me and I was like, don't look at my stuff. <laughs> and and that's it. But that's going to go more toward player. And yeah. Like, player like player, player things you don't do but, as a player. Don't, DM, but don't. As, as a DM, it's nothing wrong. Cause I know Mike, I know me, me and you fudge dice. You know, uh, when it I matters. mean, what, what dice? Okay. Do, do, do I even roll? I time? learned it from Mike. <laughs> you know, we, we, we mean, fudge, it, it, as long as you're fudging dice for the right reasons. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's not so bad. Just don't do it constantly. Cause yeah, you might as well. Just I mean, like there, 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 there are times where, like, I've you know, uh, as a DM, where I've um, like not even dice, like I fix certain things because I just want this certain thing to happen. Um, yeah, you rig the system. Yeah, like you got to. I mean, but you do it for the 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 story and the player immersion type thing. It just depends. Like if you're if you're doing it to be vindictive, then that's a no no. Yes. If you start critting because you're tired of missing, then I think that that's a different like mindset. Yeah. You know, it it, it, it a lot of it kind of goes with intention, I guess. I, I would yeah, want to say. No, I was, uh, it was quite a few years ago where I, I had a player that had an eighty six armor class. And, oh god uh, yes and so i mean there was no physical way any monster in the game could hit him at all mm-hmm. and so i it's kind of wacky it was and so that was that was definitely out. not fit what was that three five yeah, three, oh? three, five. three five i mean it's just like i take every armor or every item and armor that gives me a plus to my ac so i got my ring protection plus five my amulet of natural armor plus five my armor plus five and i'm just unarmed defense yeah. natural armor yeah and i'm sitting here stuff. like i'm just like you know, no nothing could hit him and so eventually i was just like monsters are just gonna start hitting you on a 15 or better yeah there needs to be a challenge i mean but at that at that point it's kind of like why are you what what is the purpose of that character like i feel like he's pumped everything into that one thing i don't know i I don't know that doesn't even that doesn't even seem fun as a player uh like late later on in the game when we're we were at our finale uh there was a portal to the the chaos plane and there were these slotty coming out i was there for that (laughs) and so i i teared out my encounters for the uh, couldn't couldn't too so uh, the lower level party members who were relatively weak fought like green slotty whatnot while the higher level characters fought uh, death slotties mm-hmm. and then for this particular character that had the 85 armor class I pulled out uh, I think it was like a black slot from the shadow realm it's the only monster that I could find that could actually hit him by the book rules but I feel like once that thing did hit, HP was like nothing. Well, I mean that's—I mean that is what happened. But I also felt bad for some of the other party members that you know, I don't tried to fight the dark slotty because he wasn't meant for them. And yeah, he—I mean he hit them easily, just you know, just slap across the room. Yeah. Mm. Yikes! Yikes! And so it, it actually creates a problem when there's an unbalance like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's 
Mm. Oh, man, you know what else creates a problem? What's up, man? What you got? Railroading. <laughs> okay. Now, uh, funny enough, I listened. I was listening to a, a thing about railroading. like, And I think when we talk about railroading, we're not talking about a linear story. No. We're talking about not allowing a player's choices to like matter. Or not letting them do things because it doesn't progress the story the way the DM wants it to. Yeah, you're going to do this. This is how you're going to do it. This is the only way this can be solved. It is. Yeah, 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 definitely that kind of railroading is just like a huge no-no. Like... Alrighty, take two... (laughs) I'm so glad all that shit's on a power strip. Uh, all right. Whoa! It's still recording. Wow. Okay. So we just had a storm power outage. I'm going to keep that. Yeah, let's keep it <laughs> we, in. Yeah, let's we had a storm power outage and everything cut down and we were just looking at our sound equipment and then it just... Man, it picked right back up, yeah, dude. It did. It started right back on. I'm surprised. You, no, no. You know why? You know why? Because the the um, the um power it has its own internal power source. Oh, so that's the right. system, the laptop. So the system kept going even though everything else had cut off. Yeah, I was, I was actually getting ready. To, we got to start from the top. Take it from the top. <laughs> take here. it, take it from the top. Man, okay. So where were we? Uh, railroading. Railroading. Yeah. Woo! Thunderstroke. <laughs> Woo! Now, it was actually just a train driving. <laughs> yes, that was actually just a train, just crashed to the home. But definitely railroading. <laughs> is something that you definitely want to avoid it's just it's more like i know some like especially it's harder for new dms not to because it's really hard to figure out what to do but in those instances i just suggest you stop and sometimes get take like take like five. Oh yeah most oh we're gonna do this and this in this way i find okay give me um, like give me like a few minutes to what actually helps uh, as a dm and i still even helps me now is let the players guide you Mm-hmm. Don't don't focus so much on having such an, an epic narrative. Yeah. Uh, that you don't know what to do if yeah. the player doesn't do it. Then just you know focus in a bit. Let the player tell you what they want to do, and then build up from there. Yeah, it kind of it definitely helps when you allow them to get some room to stretch out how they want to do things because sometimes like their ideas will kind of ex- almost like tell you what to do next. For them, you know, well, you know, we, we don't, you know, we don't want to ally ourselves with this other noble because we don't trust him either. We're actually going to do this kind of investigation and look for like like guilds and things like that. Okay, all right, yeah. guilds. All right, let's so let's yeah, talk about it. Like it you opens know, up a whole new avenue for adventure which you might not have planned. And, and there's nothing wrong with just a, a tiny bit of railroading, but it's how you go about. Yeah, it. well, I think you said it best the first time. It's. It's making the players feel like their choices don't matter is when the the railroad yeah. is, is, is is bad. Yeah, cuz I mean there's a game on a game on rails can still be a roller coaster. Absolutely. So Absolutely. So that's you can I'm, I'm filing that one away. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. Yeah, so like you can still have a real like a real rocking good time. It's just, you know, it's just that that kind of and it kind of fluctuates goes back a little into, differently. Uh, what we were saying earlier is, you know, allowing the world to exist as it is. Mm-hmm. So if there's an event that's going to happen, regardless of whether or not the party doesn't do it, it's going to happen. Yeah. If the party acts and they can prevent it because they went along with what you had planned, great. If they decide to do something else, all right, make a consequence. Yeah. The bad thing happens. I actually. Oh, crap enjoyed this during our uh, Sunday game of Curse of Strahd because uh, you, had, you had the town of Valakia, which Strahd was coming to visit to kind of steal Irina away. Yeah. and But there was also the carnival and there was these dark fays that kept uh, pelting the carnival with the goal of, uh, you, know, mur- you know, murderous intent, basically, of, of people yeah. there. And so there was a big festival getting ready to happen in town uh, you know, the Festival of the Sun. Yeah. And that's when Strahd was going to strike. And so the party had to decide whether or not they were going to sit, help Valakia fight Strahd, go to the carnival and fight these dark fae, or just run away and let everything lie as it was. Yeah. I mean, it. it I mean, I, like, I think it was just, was you know, having choice just kind of, 
don't know. It gave us what was it like player agency? There was a, there was an agency in it. I think yes. that's what made it like really important and really good. So yeah, the roads. So as uh, a player, when you when you're on the other other side and you're you're a player, um, there are also some things that you can do to kind of or don't do. Uh, we've already talked about a bit of the meta that can be involved, mm-hmm. and um, meta is bad. I think yeah. we all can. Your, your character meta. doesn't know everything. I, I love it when characters just show up, you know, just randomly when their character would have no idea what's going down. Yeah. I see everything. Let's go and do this thing this way because it is. Like, I don't know, man. It's it's weird. It's weird. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's super meta. it's super it's now, super weird. A little tickle of meta is okay as a player. Yeah, I mean like I mean there's there's a there's a bit of meta that's anyway, right? Cuz a little bit of meta is going along with the story, right? You know? Yeah. Following the quest line so the story can happen. I mean there's that kind of meta involved. Like I take the plot hook. That, that that's meta, it right? But it's a, it's not a bad meta. It's a Cuz sometimes it's like why is my character even here? Like, yeah, and, and like you can't. Not every character can be the thirteenth warrior. <laughs> no, not all. You know what I mean? I'm the last man, man must not be a north. Like not every character, you know. Yeah, he didn't want to go. <laughs> you know, he definitely could have grabbed on his horse and rode the other direction. Because I, I actually remember talking to you about this uh, about about your about your Sunday game. Uh, wondering whether or not why my character was still with the party. I mean, I already achieved my goals. We saved the girl, mm-hmm. and we, we we just sat and talked about. It. I'm like, well, uh, would would you know after you've accomplished this, you saved the girl's soul? Like, would you knowing the threats that are ahead? Would you would you leave them? You know, and, and he posed that question, and I was like, nah, I probably wouldn't. I would I want to see it through to the end, but I feel like. After we reach that end, my character would retire. Right, like you're like okay, I've done my part, you know, kind of deal. Which which is something which is fine. Like there are certain times where a character, you know, moves on, which is perfectly okay. And I think for that specific character um, context, um, so his backstory, his uh, your lover was you fought you fought a witch, a hag. Yeah, my lover uh, was turned into an animal, like a bird. It was a raven, I think. Mm-hmm. And so my goal was to find a way to turn them back to normal. Yeah. And so eventually, uh, he got turned into a shield. His soul <laughs> got turned into a shield. Yeah, use your relic to, to make him a shield. Yes. And so I was carrying around him around for the longest time until we reached the capital city, which had the ancient libraries and the magic of old. And with uh, Pat, Pat's help in this character, we went and studied and we found a way to bring him back to the world. Yeah. Well, granted, they also had to f- kill the witch that did it and recover his body because she was right, using right, him like a, was, like a like a like a like a like a undead night yes he was in death night which was super hard because i didn't want to kill him you know ruin his body yeah which was a very fun it was very fun but yeah so essentially with that you were able to have him return which is now an npc in the party who is very much about the who is still very much the headstrong yeah he's, he's paladin very very reckless well, he 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 did he did challenge a blood hag at like level three. Yeah, that's that's true. That's true. That's when it all started. Too, yeah, right? yeah. We like he, at level three, he challenged the blood hag. Oh, that's pretty reckless. Yeah, that's a little reckless. That's a little bit. Just a little bit. Like full coven. Yeah, but he could not let the that evil go unpunished. Yes, that's that's pretty much it. But I mean, like you can you can have those kinds of conversations, like. Um, in Nick's game, uh, my character Digital, um, after a mission went awry, terribly awry, and uh, in this game we've had a lot of other people play different characters, and this kind of goes with my whole thing is like we have some people in that we play with that constantly want to change out characters. I'm I understand if you made a character you thought that this would be the one and it's not, that's something I can get, but like. We we had we had we had players who changed quite often. Yeah, they call yes. that the revolving door. Yeah, and, and 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 so like essentially 
while Pat and I's characters, we've been the same characters from 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 like the, the Jump Street when you first like did your uh, yeah. restart or whatever. I mean, we've been playing these characters for almost two years. These same like two characters. So when his character and like we've been been through a whole lot. So when his character died, I felt like that was like the last straw for my character. There was no one else with him on the team that I felt like he could fight for or fight with. He was done. You know, Pat's character was like, a, like I think uh, we even told Nick that during the downtime, like me and his character went to Disney World together because Pat's character had never been because he came from like a, a poor family and I had the wealth ability. So we went to Disney World and just, Played in Disney World, like like you can imagine, like you, yeah. Yeah. Uh, your character became a recluse after that, if I remember. Yeah, he yeah. Leave your house. He wouldn't leave the house. He wouldn't talk to people. He since he was like a tech, he was like you know Tony Stark level like tech guy. He was making just making robots and stuff like that. Like I'm not, I don't care. I'm not gonna. And then I, I mean Nick talked, and I was like Nick, I feel like I'm not saying he's gone forever, but I don't think he would do this right now. Like, he has to... Not to mention he was young. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, like, he was only like 15. That's when you brought in your, your new character. He kind of... Digital kind of took the sidelines. Yeah, like, know. Digital became, like, this side character. And it was really funny because he was, like... He was the, the, he was the finance for the whole team at that point. Yeah. Which was really... Made things a lot more difficult for them because he not only bankrolled the whole operation, but he had the base. He made the gear. You know, he, he was like he was like the he was like the he was like the Batman and like and like the Oracle all in like one yeah technomancer type thing, which was really weird. But I think you did it really well of like just kind of phasing him out. But you even let them contact him sometimes, like, yeah. hey, we really need this. And sometimes he would just be like, no. <laughs> and then they're like, well, listen, we really need help. He's like, go here. Yeah. And then like and then Nick would like, okay, so you guys the base and stuff like that. And I but like I could have been really obstinate about it, but like I didn't want to like have the game in a standstill because characters. So I just like, like well he would yeah. you know. Yeah, that's so, a good way to handle I mean basically like NPCing the character. Yeah, yeah. And like Nick 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 let me role play him and it just like Nick was just I think like when we I remember when me and him talked about it, like I think I think you said something like, you know, he's just there. But, you know, you let me know, like, whenever he, you felt like I thought he would come back. Yeah. Which he didn't until, like, the final battle. Toward the end, yeah. Yeah. And then, um, oh, what was it? Oh, I can't remember, because we had the conversation in the car, and um, you specifically were like, hey, so they're going to go rescue the, the Sin Sisters, which were, like, these villains that my character decided that he wanted to save eventually. And the thing that happened was us failing to save them the first time. Yep. So you let me know that my character would know that they're going after to save them again. Mm-hmm. So essentially, in the middle of that battle, like Nick is like, let me know when he would show up. And I'm like, like kind of like now. And he shows up, helps them save him. And he's like, listen, I came here just to fulfill a promise. Mm-hmm. Very much so. I'm still done. I just suited up for this one thing, which was really fun. But you played that very well, Nick. I'll just, I'll just. Gracias. <laughs> but like, like there's ways to do it, right? Like there's, yeah, there's ways to meta. There's there's ways to to not meta, and uh, I think we've all been there, uh, where we've had a player that's just, you know, oh, you know, what are you doing? About what? You know? Does your character know? Come on, you know. And it's like, <laughs> well, what do you know? Nothing because you weren't there. But I don't know. That's the wait a minute. I heard treasure drop from eight blocks away. Yes. I better show up I, to grab this. Now one of the good versions. One of the good versions of meta, or not necessarily good, but one of the ones that I think is acceptable is you're a reasonable distance away. There's a there's a party member that gets jumped. Yeah, and it's not quiet. Hey. Do we happen to hear a scuffle in the distance? Yeah, I mean, but there's yeah, but that's like a way but to if do you're it. Told no, then yeah, you then, don't. Well, a lot of times I'll go like if I if someone's like I'm like you like you don't. I'm like, could I roll perception to yeah. possibly hear, or could I roll that 
equivalent stat to maybe hear something going on. I for one love it when players ask me questions like that. Yeah. yeah. So, so like it's not, it's not it you know so that way it's like man I don't hear it. that that sucks but you know there's it's a because you have to work together right like it, it takes it takes both people it's not just a, you can't have a game without a DM and the DM can't have a game without players. Exactly. I think one of the biggest problems like uh, people have a lot of times especially when I do stories like no one talks to each other like no one like sits down and be like hey you did this thing i kind of felt like this about it mm-hmm. or hey you did this thing and i didn't really really like it well a lot of problems could be averted with communication yeah but sadly that communication often comes in the form of confrontation well yeah that's all yeah 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 like there, there are there are good ways and bad ways to do it and the thing is people are still people so they may not take the way you you do it here here's a perfect example um and this is this was fairly this is like fairly recent. Uh, a, a guy we know was running um, Descent into Avernus. Uh, when we when I originally made my character, I was planning to make it was not for that module. Mm-hmm. It was for a homebrewed world that I thought we'd be playing in based on X, Y, and Z. Okay. So I made a character that I felt like would would fit that world and could move up in that world. So when we started playing Descent in the Avernus, the character really didn't fit what I felt like would need in that campaign. Like, especially dealing with, like, the Dreadful 3 and, like, the tones of it, the character very much, I felt like, didn't mesh the campaign. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, you know... I, I, I like uh, I think like I, I just talked to him. I was like, listen, like you know, I don't think this character is like is really matches the the kind of game we're playing. Like I I play I made a character who was purposefully like dependent on another character, which isn't like the best as a player. It is not the best thing to do for role play, and it's just one of those things. But like I just kind of want to play this character. Like I like my character like depends on this character for help for things. He still fights in combat. But that's just the kind of way it was. You were you were you were big Marcus. Yeah. So like my whole combat style was pretty much based on you doing your grapples first yep. and then me coming in like afterwards. And oh. it was just kind of like how we 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 kind of did it. So there's uh there's this whole you know, but like we, we just kind of talked about it. You know, and I was like and he was like, Well, you know, you could you know, we could transition them X, Y, and Z. And I ended up like by the time we got near the where we stopped playing, it was a very different character what we started. Mm. But like I was very, you know, you gotta just sometimes, you know, here it is, you know, and and, and there are times where you just gotta kind of have to talk it out, right? Mm. Like he really what he did, like like he really didn't want me to, like make a new character. So essentially, like, well, if this is gonna work, the character's gonna have to be different. Like it can't be that character anymore. I have to I have to change the character. Yeah. So. So Nick's character wasn't in. So you made a character, and Nick's character not in the game. Yo, Nick had to leave for work, like for because of work stuff. So because we made our character as a pair. Okay. Yeah. And then the pair, that. then the pair was gone. And so you're just kind of left off by yourself. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Who was a very like I made the character like mentally like very much mentally dependent on the other character. So oh, I kind of so this isn't the version of Marcus that dove into the age water. No, you were still like older guy, Marcus. Oh, okay. and then like we had said that, um, like you had like helped me out, like when I was like like being jumped or something like that. And then my yeah, character was like, yeah. "I will always stay with you because you make the bad people scared." And we would That's do stuff right. together. That's and right. then what happened was like my character, who's very much background, ended up having to become the face so the party could progress a little bit more through the story. Huh. Gotcha. So we had to like we had to kind of like have a discussion about that transition. Yeah. And, but and, and you know. tell you what, there is a time and a place to to talk about things with the DM. Yeah. The time that is not is like right in the middle of gameplay at the table. Right as things are happening yeah. in the middle of and battle, doing it rudely. Yeah, you know, like when it comes to rules. Oh, I don't. Nobody uh, likes a rules no. lawyer except rules lawyers. And even rules I, lawyers don't like other. Rules actually, had lawyers. this. Problem. I think rule lawyers don't like themselves. I had this problem recently uh, with a player because I'm I'm very theatrical when I describe what happens in combat. So I was like, "Oh, the the troll he kicks you back, and uh, you kind of hit the wall and slide down as uh, he reaches behind him with his claw." And then I mean, I had a player just like, "Wait a second, 
So I fly back this way. So that means I shifted over five feet. So I, this monster here should get an attack of opportunity. But uh, I think that this other player can hit the troll in the back because his back is turned from me. Yeah, Which yeah. probably should give me advantage on the swing. And I'm just like, cinematic. Theatrical. Yeah, don't bring the rules into this. Your character didn't actually. Or, or, uh, or, uh, you know, uh, we were doing it. We were doing a cyberpunk game, and uh, essentially, uh, someone shot at a guy and, and, and missed. So Christian described it just kind of pouncing off the 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 uh, the cavalar or the armor, the metal armor. So the guy was like, "Oh, so you mean I actually got the hit?" Then we're like, "No." No, the bullet bounced off. It was a cinematic. It it's a it cinematic, off. bro. We did that cinematically. <laughs> yes. That, that well, it's, you know, that's all. That's very you know, funny. But there's other things. Um, you know, oh, well, technically this means this. You know, and it's like, all right, we'll talk about it later. Well, no, it means this. Cool. I'm going with this decision. We'll right now, yeah. To, to keep well, the no, game running. it's this, and it just keeps happening. And 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 I'm not talking about anybody in particular, because it's happened to me from multiple people. But there are some that more more than others mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. will argue, um, and they won't just argue with me. They'll remain nameless to protect uh, their identities. Yeah, uh, they'll argue with each other over a rule that I think is superficial. Names have been do changed. I have flanking? If I say you have flanking, you do. If I say you don't, you don't. Right. And that's, I mean, because that's even flanking isn't an actual rule in the thing. Say, uh, advantage. Like, yeah, advantage. Like in 5th edition, flanking's not even a rule. I think it's an it's a, DMG guy. Yeah, it's like something you can do. It's yeah. not even a, uh, a static um, thing. The way... Because uh, I, I, I think in, in, uh, when Christian runs 5e, he doesn't give um, advantage. He just gives like a plus two. Yeah, that's yeah, how it I mean, that's what it used, Yeah, 3rd edition, that's what it was. It's just like, oh, you got plus two to your attack roll. And and that's the thing is like it regardless of the rule if, if 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 a question comes up and I make a ruling as the DM, that's the end. Yeah. Now I'm polite and I'll say, all right, for now it's this. When there's a time we're not in combat, I can quickly look it up. Yeah. What I don't like is when somebody looks it up in the middle of combat, and as I'm telling story, interrupts me and With says, the "Oh, the rule says it right here," and then starts to read it off. That is the wrong answer. That's not how you do it. That's disruptive, it's rude, and it can get you kicked from the table. Yeah. I mean, the goal is to keep the game moving, not to yeah. bog down rules. Yeah. 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 Like, it, it's supposed to be fun. Yeah. Rules- I'll always say, like, a thing, oh, it should have been this. I'm like, all right, I'll kick you back for it later. Let's, but I, right now, I want yeah. to keep, yeah. Exactly. I can fudge a roll later to make up for it. Or, or you know, because here's know? the thing. Like, there, there are times where, as DMs, we've all bent the rules for our player's favor. Yeah. So I, I mean, let, you don't want to go completely like, by the you know we go by the book by the book like it can I've get let rough. One of my players spend the rest of their key points to knock somebody out of a tree with a key strike. That's cool. That's all right. Yeah. Well, he technically can't do that, and I'm like, well, okay. You know what? Now I've also played in a game where the rule of cool has gone too far. <laughs> it can go too far. Okay. I just, I just gotta. Wow. I just have to say That's that. Just I just cool. have to. It's the cool DM that just lets everything slide if it just sounds amazing. Like I just, I just need to throw that out there. Not everything should be permitted. <laughs> like I'm just, uh, uh There's a limit. Hello, darkness, my old friend. Like uh, it's in my I back know, of my in head. My experience, because I, like, I usually let players do whatever they want, but there's always consequences to it. <laughs> So yeah, I mean, I like, oh, it's, it's, oh, it sounds. Oh, you know what? I want to sneak into the blacksmith shop and slide down the chimney. Okay, go right in. I'm not going. Yeah, I mean, like a lot of times, like especially as a player, when I'm thinking about trying to use something out of the box, I usually start with my DM, like, so listen. <laughs> that you, I don't know. I feel like I've done this with both of you. So this says this. Does this mean would this fit? Like, am I still in the same ballpark? Like, that's usually the way I... That's, like, the way I start. Like, now this says this. <laughs> Could it be flavored got it, to, to be like this? You and know, it's either a yay or a nay. Yeah, you, you just gotta go for it, like, both times. Sometimes just it's okay. Just don't yay everything, because then you'll end up with a, a bunch wizard. of yayo. A what? A bunch of yayo. <laughs> I'm so sorry. 
Yep. I'm so sorry. This is where I leave. I'm so sorry. Thank you for coffee and crits, everyone. It's uh, I it's am... nice having you here. Oh my god. Oh, I apologize, Nick. Uh, I'm so sorry. Oh. I didn't. Oh. Tune in next week. I feel like that just killed you. Oh nope, nope. We got it. We got to give context now. I just. That's the new rule. It's just, no, I'm just saying that when you said the yay, I just had to say yay yo. I'm, I'm sorry. Yay yo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like we could do we could we could do this forever. Oh my god. We could we could keep going. Oh my god. But we are not going to keep going. We, we we do have to have a stopping point. We did talk about a lot of different stuff. So let's let's talk about some coffee. We got some Colombian. Yes. Well, let's let's uh, before, well, before we do that. Let's go into the one biggest thing that can solve almost all of your problems. Just talk to each other. Yeah. After the game. Yeah. In a comfortable place. Yeah. You can, talk you, it out. You can talk before the game, too. Before the game. It, talking about what kind of game you're actually interested in. Oh, yes, right. Like being very upfront. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, look, I yeah. want a kick in the door game. And so yes. you, when the DM's like, I'm running Curse of Strahd full of suspense and investigation... Maybe this grim. This yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, exactly. When I when I started the cyberpunk game, I was like, "Hey guys, now I have multiple ideas, but I'm thinking about running a gangland type situation where you guys have to make a crew, run a gang, expand it. If that's not the type of game we want, let's talk about it now. Like, I mean, you just it, it helps make things easier. And if there are issues that arise, just talk about it. And if you can't reach a consensus... Hopefully they can find another group. Because you're the DM and you rule. I'm no, but that's yes, sometimes Lord, just, it's over but, but sometimes getting rid of a player is the only option. It, it can suck. And it shouldn't yeah, be, it feel, it, it is, it shouldn't it be your instant reaction. I always believe you should try to work things out first. But if you have to let a player go, you have to let a player go. Which is hard. It's hard yeah, to I, do. I, I it's super hard. uninviting players, personally. It, it's it's rough. It's, it it's, it's, it's but not, if it's for the good of the group, you got to do it for the greater good. Uh, especially because I mean, I've had this happen in the past where two people have not liked each other at the table, and you have to ask one of them to leave. And it's like, well, who do you ask to leave? Yeah, yeah, that's rough. I don't like. Uh, I recently had uh, where a guy wanted to play in uh, one of our games. And you know, I was late. I was, you know, I was talking to him. I didn't give him his no. But then, like, the guy made other players in my group uncomfortable. And so I was like, "Listen, man, I'm sorry. You know, I hate to say it to because I want everyone to get a chance to be at the table." But I was like, "Listen, man, I just don't. I, I don't have a. I don't have a spot for you. You know, yeah. just had to. Just had to tell him. And it can suck, but yeah." That's it. Just I mean, that's your, that's all being with the DM. That's the responsibility that's of being part with the DM. That's part of the responsibility of the DM, and it's just part of having that conversation. So, first and foremost, just communicate. Yeah, that'll solve like ninety nine percent of your problems. Ninety nine problems, but you make communication ain't one. Yeah, yo. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Okay, <laughs> coffee, Colombian. Let's go. Folgers Colombian blend. Folgers Colombian. Mm. Why are you staring at me here? We're looking at you because it's your freaking turn. <laughs> yeah. Is it my turn? I hate that so much. You have no idea how it sounds in this headset. <laughs> kind of want to murder you just a little bit. <laughs> oh, well, I just hope you don't roll on that 20. <laughs> well, what are you going to give it? What, what are you doing, Aaron? No. Okay, go what ahead. Do- what would you give it? No, it wasn't a 20. I don't know. What did the dice say? I don't know if he picks it up right. Eighteen. Yeah, I'm gonna. Eight. Oh, look! Oh, man, look at eighteen. You gotta twist you your finger. Yeah. Eighteen. You know, I have to pick up these dice a lot, but it's because just the designs on. I mean, I can't even see the number. Well, you know when it's a twenty though, because that's the cute side. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah. There you go. Yes, yeah, it's, it's the only side that has that's not crystal clear, so you can easily see the twenty on it. Yeah. So you know when I crit. Mike, rate the coffee. I'm going to take a sip. Son of a God. <laughs> ah. uh, I, I'm going to give this a 12. Like, I guess we had this powdered caramel creamer because we ran out of the vanilla creamer. <laughs> yeah, we're low on supplies. And so I kind of loaded it down with sugar. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to give it a 12. I mean, okay. I, I like Folgers. Yeah. 
Nick? I'm going to give Mike a nat 20 because he made the coffee. And whatever he did made it perfect. It was perfect hot. It was perfect as it cooled down. Really? It was perfect as it was cold. It had the right amount of bite at the end. It wasn't overbearing. It wasn't too sweet. For whatever reason, Mike made me the perfect cup of coffee. (laughs) Okay. All right. 20. Nice. Mm, Is this Uh, this an ultra combo? Yes. I'm going to give this coffee a seven. What? (gasps) How dare you? Nah, man. I mean, I drank it. The end. (laughs) (laughs) I drank it. I drank it. I drank it. It was coffee. I felt like it was the kind of coffee that I would get if I was in like an office place and then some guy was like, oh yeah, we got coffee over there. And it was that coffee. Like it was that. I don't know if that makes sense to anyone. No, it makes sense to me. I I, I made the coffee and that's how I like my coffee. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Mike. Everybody's got. It, it was like it was, I, I felt like I was in an office building, and it wasn't my office building. But someone's like, "Oh, we have water, but we do have some coffee over there." And I feel like when I go over there and I make coffee there, that's what that coffee I, I drank was. <laughs> that 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 is the coffee I drank. So seven coffee oh. man. Oh, mortally wounded. So <laughs> give me the twenty so I can make my death saving throw. No, you automatically. Uh, so guys, um, continue to listen and like. Um, super, super thankful for everyone who uh, came out to the CGS. Right, that was pretty awesome. Yes. We all got to play. You all are amazing. We got to play some awesome games. Uh, we got a lot of stuff coming. Um, not only uh, did we did I finally start releasing the uh, Othello Chronicles, the podcast game I've been recording for a while. Oh. That finally, um, that finally aired. You should but be listening. We <laughs> all I can think of is Funimation. You should be watching. That's exactly what I was going. Okay, for. bet. Um, we're also trying to work on like doing some some Twitch stuff with uh, a few other people we met out there. Um, nice. So there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in, in that's cooking. Uh, thanks to um, one of our friends uh, who started like linking us up on all our social media stuff. So you can actually check out DM World on Instagram, on Twitter, and on Facebook. And uh, another thing too. I don't know what the other thing is, but there is another <laughs> well, thing that doesn't, that doesn't help at all. Over there, yeah. It, I don't it, know what it is. I'll link it, I guess. <laughs> so continue to support, and if you would like to, just go to DM uh, Dungeon Master World or DM World on Patreon if you want to help support the channel as we keep going and moving on. And remember, guys, the quest never ends. <laughs>